0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. As we continue our series on the discipleship pathway, we began to talk about uh, community uh, in our previous episode. We started with congregation. We moved to community, which is that small group, Sunday school, groups of 12 to 20, uh, whatever that looks like in your church context. But before we move on to the discipleship group, which core is that next step on the pathway, we felt like there was much more to be said about biblical community. So we wanted to answer a couple questions and we wanted to dive deeper on biblical community this week. So let's just pick up right where we left off. Okay. And that was what are the key differences between the the small group, the life group, the Sunday school class and the
1: discipleship group and why do we need both of those? Ooh. We hear this all the time. We if do. D groups, if you, if your whole ministry is leading as a funnel toward discipleship groups, what's the point of life groups? Let's come back to that. Let's come back. Okay? to Okay, it. but we're I want to answer it. We're gonna we're answer that. It. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep you hanging to the end. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep you with the cliffhanger. Don't cliff fast anger. forward. Don't fast Don't forward fast because forward. we got three things I want to tell you that yeah, to right. add to the facilitation we talked about last week. So last week we talked about how we're moving from a lecture teacher model where we're sitting in rows and we're moving to circles right. okay back to front to back to face to face okay right. the second thing that's neat about uh, the life group that you don't get in another context is the idea that you're going to experience reiteration now we touched on this last week okay yeah R- remember you're not just introducing new information and that's the fallacy in America or the western church is that we think we grow through transfer of information Right, but we both know a lot of people who know a lot of information. They can check the spiritual boxes, and uh, they're as far from God as anybody we know. Absolutely, those were the Pharisees. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these guys could check every box, and they looked the part and they acted the part. And Jesus said, "You're you know what to do, you know what you're saying, but you don't do it." And you so He agree told His with dis- your lips, but your heart is far from me. Ooh, I think I heard that before. So, very know. convicting, <laughs> very convicting. Okay, so what we say is let's reiterate the information we heard, and so we're big proponents. Of sermon based life groups. Now, some of you are saying, Where do we learn this from? I don't have a writer on staff. Right. We partnered early on with uh, Lifeway that offers smallgroup.com. And uh, we don't get any kickback from this. We just freely promote this because it works so well and it's so inexpensive compared to hiring a writer and a a staff person, right? Right. So uh, what you do is you reiterate in the life groups what the pastor preached on. So if I preach on Ephesians uh, chapter six with parents discipling their kids and children obeying their parents, that's what they're going to talk about in their life group lessons. Okay. But here's the third thing I want to talk about. The third thing is replication. Okay. okay. Replication. What do what I, what I mean? The life groups are not an end in themselves. I had a lady uh, in Orlando years ago. She was a senior saint. Had a great time speaking at this church. Pretty large church in, in Orlando. You know the church. At the end of this uh, this three session preaching time, I preached two times on Saturday, one Sunday morning. We we're going to culminate with a Sunday night gathering. Between the last uh, the morning session and the night session, we had an ice cream social break. Oh. You ever been
0: to one of them? I have. I, I, as a matter of fact, I don't think I've ever missed an ice cream social. Why would you?
1: <laughs> why would you? Miss if you have ice? the choice, why would you miss it? Well, yeah, why would you miss it? But, but the reality is, she came up to me at the end of it, and uh, or, or in the break, and she said, I want to ask you a question, Pastor. She said, uh, you, you're you acting like this discipleships thing is something new. She said, but I want you to know. She said, I know you're new in the faith and you're younger, but we've been making disciples for <laughs> you're years. Faith,
0: you're younger, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that was a nice way of saying you don't know what you're talking about. But anyway... <laughs> She said, I, I feel like I've
0: heard that many times. You've
1: heard that before, yeah. She said, uh, we've been making disciples for years here at this church. I said, oh, really? She said, I said, what do you call it? She said, we call it Sunday school. There you go. I said, ma'am. And I thought about it. I said, ma'am, well, that's a part of it, but it's not all of it. Right. And I said, so let me ask you a question. I said, how long have you been in your Sunday school group? Or I said, I said, how many groups has your Sunday school group started? Right. She said, none. I've been in the same group for 40 years. And I said, wow, that's interesting. I said, thank God the first century disciples didn't do that. Hello. Because we wouldn't be here today. I mean, think about this. If those guys had any reason to stay in the group, Chris, they could have justified it, right? I mean, you think about this. Think of that group, the, the first 11 who were left, uh, Matthias, if you count the 12. The first group was amazing. You'd come in every week with your family. You would hear Peter preach on your steel-toed sandals. You're like, you're like man, this guy can preach, golly. I mean, Peter, it's overbearing. It's, it's the modern day, you know, the Leonard Ravenhills of our day, the Paul Washers. And then the next week, you'd change it up, and you'd hear John. Boy, that John's amazing. He cries in every sermon. He's so emotional. We love John. He's such a loving guy. If you had any reason to stay with a group, it would have been and that, that group. Have been the group. But listen, they had the exact opposite mindset. They realized that the gospel came to them because it was heading to someone else. And so they didn't stay in one place. They didn't gather right. to stay. They gathered to scatter. Right. And so the first big difference. Okay. So I asked her, I said, how many groups have y'all generationally produced? She said, none. I said, discipleship is about replication. The idea is we're meeting for a season of time. And yes, we live life together, but we're meeting in order to multiply. So Chris, since we, since I've come to long hollow, uh, I've been here three years now and, uh, we have started our life group right when we got here, we started it right since that time, we have launched three new life groups out of our our life group wow so people come to our group and we don't kick people out but we say hey listen we're trying to reach our community we're trying to have a life group in every neighborhood in our city that's our strategy by the way we'll talk more if we want about that but we're trying to have a life group in every neighborhood in our county yes because here's the thing lost people are not going to come to church like they used to 20 30 years ago right but it, you know years ago you could preach a good sermon you could uh, offer good music and Have you great worship great worship and people you're would come kids to program you ram and you're good and you're done. people would come to you right because that's the American thing to do you right. go to church consumers we are post uh, orthodox uh right now we're 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 neo orthodox we are post modernity right now right. where people don't think on sunday i go to church no, that's not, that's right so they'll never come to your church just by waking up i yes. think but they will come to your doorstep or come into your living room right very naturally you know so hey would hey would you be interested to come to my house we're going to get eat together with us. yeah come we're and eat we're gonna dinner. we're going to hang out and eat we're going to learn how to be better fathers husbands mothers right. uh and and moms and, and wives would you yeah i'd love to do that okay so the idea is we are growing people mm-hmm. in order to multiply the groups through replication right.
0: well and i think one of the things you're pointing out there is true of not just uh, lay people or just folks who roll into our churches who may not even be plugged in but church staff members pastors oh, yeah. when they think of discipleship they think of a study They think of, you know, eight people, five people in a room reading a book together and talking about it. And nothing could be further from the truth. If that is your understanding of discipleship, A, read the Bible. But B, and I said it to myself because, you know, years ago I probably would have thought that same way. Okay, discipleship, we're getting together, we're reading, we're studying. Uh, But that's not real discipleship. No. And in the context of the small group, the life group, the Sunday school class, we have to be thinking, how are we going to help our people grow in obedience, mm, not just learn a new good. lesson, not just learn a new topic and, and walk down the road on, okay, here's here's some great information. Like like you said last week, we have to apply
1: that information or it's meaningless. It's useless. Well, it's so good. And here's the thing. Let me correct some faulty thinking. Discipleship is not a class you take. Discipleship is not a 12-week study. Right. Discipleship is not a Sunday night training. Discipleship is not a course you sign up for. Discipleship is not a degree you earn. It's not a seminary class you take. Here's what I tell people. Discipleship is not a class you take. It's the course of your life. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem with curriculum or studying for the right. sake of information. There is a termination date or an end date on that Yes. And the challenge with studying a curriculum, we talked about this for, and we're not against curriculum for the sake of curriculum. We've written stuff. We've written books. We've written studies. But when you think that discipleship only happens when you finish this book, right. when you fill in every blank and you check every box, here's the problem. You think that you can't make disciples any other way. Right. You've got to read the so-called blank book and you've got to take people through the blank book. Friends, if I want to take someone through a book, Right. that is going to last for eternity. It's not curriculum and it's not books I've written with all due respect to authors out there. It's the Bible. Amen The yeah. Bible's yeah, the only right. thing, yeah, that's promised by God to transform our lives and our minds and our hearts. And so if we're going to be students of a book, let's get into the word until the word gets into us. Here's the final thing. We talked about facilitation. Right. We talked about replication. Yes. We talked about reiteration. Here's the final one. And I, I hinted at it earlier, invitation. okay. And if you've noticed, I work really hard to, to alliterate those. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's the thing about alliteration you can you can alliterate the first the letter, or, or you can end. alliterate right, the back right. end. And I like the back end; it's, it kind of changes up. But anyway, yes, I alliterate my grocery list. Do you? <laughs>
0: I find myself stumbling into alliteration more than out of it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. On that one.
1: My poor wife. Okay, but anyway, and the funny thing is, I've created in her mind to do the same.
0: See, so- I like acronym. I would do the acronym groceries, and I would find a product for each letter. That's what I do.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you start with the G, right? Yeah, that's, right. Yeah, that's, that's right. good. Okay. So, but but the reality is, and I touched on this, the group is there. To invite lost people. That's the that's for Long Hollow. That is our front door of our, yes, people yes. come on Sunday. Yes, people come to outreach events. Right. Yes, people come to men's conferences. Yes, but the main way we're reaching lost people in our city is through our life groups in the community. Right. And here's what's so cool about that. Think about this. When the life groups are in the community, it's not the pastoral staff doing all the ministry. Right. It's the people of God who we're equipping to partner with us yes. to do the work of ministry they're inviting lost friends they're leading lost people to Christ they're sitting with their neighbors at church they're the ones baptizing in the baptistry they're the ones who are leading the life group
0: well and the beauty here is where you know years ago just like you pointed out um, hey, come to church with me on Sunday morning wasn't too uh, unusual. You would get that invitation and people might actually do it.
1: Might actually do um,
0: it. And, and maybe, and, and, and I know there's those out there, oh, it happens all the time in our church. And then that's great. I hope it keeps happening. But the reality is when you invite them into a into biblical community, you're inviting them into community. When you invite them to Sunday morning, you're inviting them to an event. Oh, that's good. And that's great. I, I, you know, Sunday morning is obviously one of the highlights of, of every believer's life. Hearing God's word, worshiping together, gathering together obviously it's biblical obviously we do it it's step one on the pathway but this um this biblical community we're talking about this is where we really feel like we can reach out to those who are who do not know christ and bring them into an environment where they
1: are safe to ask questions boy this is off the top of my head and this may not be the best examples but i'm going to go for this so let's see let's see we are live this is live and we're recording (laughs) but it just got me thinking of my old life so when i was in the world chris and many know my testimony addicted to drugs and alcohol i had a lot of so Called friends in the world. Okay, That's right. there. But there were two categories of friends. There are friends that I would hang with on Sunday to watch a football game and go to a picnic with, sure. and there were friends I would see at the club. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I would say if you tell me, "Oh man, these guys are my friends," but I would only see these guys on Saturday night at the club. These were fair weather friends. Right. These are not friends that would call. I'd call at two in the morning and come help me. These aren't friends I would go hang out, and watch movies with. Right. These aren't friends I would go uh, to dinner with. They were fair-weather friends who I only saw at an event, and there was no deep connection with them. But the guys I'd watch football with, the guys I would hang out with, the guys I would picnic with, the guys I would, I don't know picnic, but <laughs> guys we would hang out with.
0: Wait a second. I'm trying to go back to these years where you were... <laughs> Park, we probably not selling got, illegal drugs. <laughs> picnicking with your
1: friends. Oh man, that's what we called it back then. I don't know if you know that. That's a technical term for, uh, for
0: that's a street getting a street in language trouble. back in the nineties. <laughs> picnic, whole yeah. different
1: meaning. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. We, yeah. We're making it up as we go. But anyway, but but here's the point. You 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 nailed it. When you have an event-driven mindset for getting people to come, people will come to an event, right? But they'll never come back to church. Here's why, mostly because they don't have a relationship. They don't have community. They don't have friendships. When you invite someone in your home, it lets all their guard down. They're sitting on your couch, they're eating your snacks, they're drinking your drinks, and they're listening, and there's a friendship and a camaraderie there. So here's the point we're making. I'm not saying you have to have all your life groups off campus. We have some on campus as well at Long Hollow. What I'm saying is, make it more communal right think about how we're inviting lost people think about how we're reiterating what we just heard think about how we're replicating the groups Yes. If your group's still meeting after twenty years, it's probably time you launch some people out.
0: Well, and the, and the way that I found it best to multiply a group to replicate your group. Um, back in the day, we would do something called split the group, or this this positive term, birth a new group. Oh yeah, yeah. And really, what it meant is, I want half of you to go here, and I want half of you to go there. Birth is because, a nice way to <laughs> <it's> say it. <laughs> and, and as an yeah. administrator on a church staff, it's perfect. Oh, I got twenty people. I can get ten here at this house, ten here at this house. We'll have two groups of twenty. That's not real life. Though. Though. and when you are hanging out with people inviting your neighbors it, it's very difficult to suddenly say half of you do this half of you do that what you mentioned earlier was planting new groups yeah finding a couple in your group say hey we've been meeting for a year now you guys have an opportunity where you live to reach out some more or we have some more neighbors down the street that would love to be involved in a group what if you what let's begin to pray about you starting a group in your house and you're not cutting the group in half necessarily you're sending out couples as, as it goes one of the things I do uh, in my group is I send myself about. So me and my wife, after a period of time, we'll sit ourselves You yourself. And we, 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 we replant ourselves. <laughs> That's good. We start a group and then we replant ourselves. And uh, and so everyone does it differently. But the goal is at some point you have to be multiplying yeah. or what you're doing is you've you just got a group of friends you're spending the rest of your lives with and you're not fulfilling the Great Commission, which is what we want this to be about. So that is a, a great point.
1: And here's what I was in with. And here, here's the, what we're trying to do. We're teaching you insights that we've learned through the years and obviously we don't have it all figured out but we've paid a lot of dumb tax along the way. We have technically looked at what what worked and what didn't work and we've tweaked it. But here's the reality. We're not trying to teach you guys principles just to how to make disciples and how to do groups and how to make uh, people grow in their faith or lead people in their faith. We're trying to teach you how to think with a mindset of replication or discipleship. And here's what I mean. The groups are always trying to birth new groups. Here's why. Because we're we're real we realize that people have a God-given ability to lead. God has gifted each person with the ability to be a disciple who makes disciples. And the long listen the longer they're in your group sitting as a consumer, as you're the gospel co-worker investing in them, you are in a sense paralyzing or crippling them from being all that God's called them to be. Mm. And so that's the beautiful thing of the group. When you take a group of 20 and you split it into two groups of 10 or three groups of seven to eight, right. what happens is you're forcing people to rise to the occasion, depend upon the spirit, walk by faith, get in the word until the word gets into them and facilitate in such a way where they look back and say thank you didn't think i'd do it but thank god you pushed me out to lead my faith
0: well and that is uh that's crucial for the growth of the church beyond you know sunday morning's addition bringing in some new visitors, bringing in some guests. This is multiplication. And we'll dive more into that next week when we look at the core. But I have to answer the question we started with okay. or else, you know, it's false advertising. That's I true. Do That's that. true. So I'm glad you it back. One of the back. questions we had at the beginning is, you know, why do I need both is what some will ask. Because they get into, here's the deal. Once you get into a discipleship group the way we are going to talk about it and define it, you don't want to, if you're like me, you're like this is all I want to do. Yeah. If I could just do this. Yeah, right. Uh, but there are some key differences. And here, here's a couple key differences. One, discipleship groups are a close group yeah. whereas the, the life group or the Sunday school small group is an open group meaning if I've got some lost friends down the street I'm going to invite them into my life group they're welcome to come new yeah. visitors you're welcome to come anybody can come it's open it's never going to be closed we always want you in the discipleship group for reasons we'll get into next week yeah. next time is a closed group. We're not going to bring new people in until we're done with that uh, one one year or eighteen months, nine months, whatever the timetable is that you put onto it. Another element is in the discipleship group, we are living out the Christian life, what what you would call uh, the normal Christian life, normal Christian right? life, right? Uh, with, right, right. But, that very few Christians are living out, and and we're sharing that with one another. In the in in the life group, we're breaking bread together. We're experiencing biblical community together, but some of the folks in that group may not even be believers. So obviously there is a different uh, element of, of, a, of a high bar. So in a discipleship group, very high bar, high expectations, scripture memory, doing journals, reading God's word, being accountable, being open in the life group it could be a really low accountability if I'm just hoping John and his wife
1: will show up. Here's a way to think of it. And that's a great point. The life group is a place you can belong before you believe the D group is a place where you believe in order to become because you become like Christ.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of making disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making resources related to disciple making and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.